Welcome to the Art of Being a Mum podcast, where I, Alison Newman, a singer, songwriter and Aussie mum of two, enjoys honest and inspiring conversations with artists and creators about the joys and issues they've encountered while trying to be a mum and continue to create. You'll hear themes like the mental juggle, changes in identity, how their work's been influenced by motherhood, mum guilt, cultural norms, and we also stray into territory such as the patriarchy, feminism, and capitalism. You can find links to my guests and topics we discuss in the show notes, along with a link to the music played, how to get in touch, and a link to join our supportive and lively community on Instagram. I'll always put a trigger warning if we discuss sensitive topics on the podcast, but if at any time you're concerned about your mental health, I urge you to talk to those around you, reach out to health professionals or seek out resources online. I've compiled a list of international resources which can be accessed on the podcast landing page, alisonnewman.net slash podcast. The Art of Being a Mum would like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land and water which this podcast is recorded on as being the Boendick people in the Berrin region. I'm working on land that was never ceded. Hello and welcome to another edition of the podcast. It is such a pleasure to welcome you from wherever you're listening all around the world. This week, my guest is Brianna Churchill. Brianna is an educator, an author, and a mother of two boys from Illinois in the USA. Initially, Brianna thought she was going to be in the performing arts area or journalism. However, her desire to serve was overwhelming and she went into the field of early childhood education. She holds a Bachelor of Science degree in early childhood with a concentration in child and family services. Her professional experience includes working as a teacher, a childcare director, a tutor, and a family community service worker. Brianna is now a full-time home educator, Sunday school teacher, and she's an author. She's also the founder of the Brown Bear Book Club, the club empowers parents and guardians and educators with book ideas, activities and tools and tips for young children. Caregivers can stay connected with her latest book releases and early childhood resources through the club. One of Brianna's missions in life is to empower, educate, encourage and inspire parents and guardians and educators of young children. I hope you enjoy today's episode. Thank you so much, Brianna, for coming on. It's such a pleasure to welcome you today. Oh, I'm so glad to be here. So glad to be here. Thank you. Oh, no, it's my pleasure. So whereabouts are you in America? So my family and I, we live in Illinois. It's like the yeah, Midwest right. of the United States. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. And we were just chatting before um, that it's it's quite nice, the weather there at the moment, about, you're saying like 80s Fahrenheit, so about 26 degrees in the Celsius. <laughs> Yes, very, very nice here right now. Oh, I'm a bit jealous. I was just I was just saying I <laughs> just been away in uh, Queensland for a week and the sunshine every day, swimming, swimming in the ocean, swimming in the pool and just I don't know, just the best and then come back here where it's today it's 13 Celsius. So I'm just going to look up what that is for you guys in the Fahrenheit. Um, oh yes, where I'm interested we? to see what that conversion is. Oh, so about 55. So, oh, it's just a little cool. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean we don't get like we don't get snow here, so it's not. This is probably the coldest maybe 
10 to 13 in winter during the day. Um, uh-huh. But it just la- it just seems to last so long. Like it'll this will be like us now till probably October, maybe September, October. And I just feel like half the year is just like yes. <laughs> I totally, totally oh. understand. I can only imagine. Yeah. <laughs> oh, but never mind. There's worse things in the world. So I should, really shouldn't complain about weather. But <laughs> When I used to live in Chicago, it would get below zero, negative 17. Oh, yes, below freezing. Yeah, right. Yes. Oh, my gosh. That's nuts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'll stop complaining yes. now. Yes, <laughs> yes. So cold, um, you can feel the frost on your face. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Yeah. Now that's a, that's a whole new one. Oh dear. So now tell me about what you do. I know that you're an author and you also run yes. the Brown Bear Book Club, which is pretty cool. Yes. Share with us, um, yeah, what you do. Yes. So um, I'm the founder of the Brown Bear Book Club, which is all about empowering parents and educators with resources, books and resources for young children. And um, through the Brown Bear Book Club, I have a YouTube channel. I um, I write children's books. I design um, adult notebooks and journals because, as we know, as parents and educators, we need our tools to keep us refreshed so we can yeah. be ready for the little ones. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And uh, yes. So your background, I was reading, you're, you're trained as um, an early childhood or I guess early childhood educator. That's what my words over here in Australia. Um, yes. Yeah. Yes. Have you always been interested in, in children and that those early years of learning? Yes, I would definitely say um, I've always been interested in creating fun things with children. So I would, I'm very much so a hands-on um educator and so music and art and I love the messy painting I love creating musical instruments with recycled materials and so I've always enjoyed um even as a child I was very uh just love writing love um just engaging in just fun sensory activities outside. And Mm -hmm. so now um, as an educator, I would say um, the interesting thing though, when I was in high school, I honestly thought I was gonna go to a performing arts school um, (laughs) because my passion was really um, in acting and um, journalism. But when I got to college, I, I I do have a passion to serve and and help children as well, and so I kind of use the creativity of being in drama club and writing. I've always I've been writing probably since I was eight years old, and yeah. I put all those things and I try to create a fun learning environment for children and my children as well. 
Yeah. Oh, I love that. Um, I'm, I'm trained as an early childhood educator too, and uh, probably oh, not yes. to the same level as you, but um, I work in a <laughs> kindergarten at the moment, um, like the oh, preschool. And, and yes. I, I can totally relate to what you're saying because like, I find that my experience in performance and singing and, and just having that ability to to share yourself really vulnerably, I think is really important mm-hmm. when you're with kids. Um, there's a lot of, yes, a lot of people I've met over the years, they get really nervous about singing in front of kids. And it's like, you don't have to put on a performance for kids. You literally just That's right. you know, sharing your voice <laughs> and the kids don't care what you sound like. They just want you to be nope. involved. So I sort yeah. of, I can, I can totally relate to what you're saying because I feel like kids, they see right through you. If you've, if you've got a persona that's not genuine or, you, you know, you're trying to pretend you're someone else, like, you, you know, you're not being true to yourself, the kids will see right through you. So I feel like having that confidence in knowing yourself and feeling comfortable in your own skin, which I think comes from being a performer as well, um, it just works so well with being with kids. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So you have um, two children of your own. How old are your your yes. boys? So my oldest is four and my youngest is two. So just two boys. Yeah. So we are full of lots of adventure over here. Oh, I bet. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, you'll obviously... be actually starting kindergarten in the fall. Oh, so of we'll be. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I love it. So do you find um, since you've had your children that you've got like a whole new level of like inspiration when it comes to what you're creating for, you know, the kids that you're serving. Absolutely. Um, Especially with children's books. Um, All of my children's books have been inspired by my children. (laughs) Um, And so they definitely have a huge influence. Um, And then the other half is, um, after becoming a mom, I wanted to, the experiences that I gained in the classroom um, and in the field of early childhood, I wanted to still share that. So that's why the Brown Bear Book Club came is using the education and experience to share that with others. And then I feel like once I became a mom, I also gained another level of experience and being able to relate with parents of young children from a parenting perspective. Mm-hmm. And so um, I take all that into consideration when I write children's books or any type of resource for families or educators. Mm. Yeah, I think that's really important because some some books that you read, and I'm sure you've come across them in the past too, some books you read, you can just tell there hasn't been a lot of consideration given to, I don't know, a lot <laughs> yes. of things. But, you know, the person that's got to read this book, you know, they've got to, you know, get something mm-hmm. out of it too. Um, 
And actually I was speaking to yeah. some ladies yesterday. I was interviewing for the the episode that will come out this week that they've written a children's book, but it's actually aimed at mothers. So, you know, there's so many uh-huh. opportunities for getting in, you know, different layers of content mm-hmm. and things to make you think and then things that will spark conversations and that sort of stuff. So, yeah, there's a, it's a whole, it's it's a lot more complicated than it sounds, isn't it, really, when you think, yes. well, I'm just writing a book for kids, but yes. there's so much mm-hmm. goes into it. Yeah. Yes, so- uh, yes. It's so many components to think about, you know, um, and actually with my newest book, The Little Bird Who Wanted to Fly, it was my four-year-old who even helped me come up with the title. Yeah, um, right. Just because, I, I mean, that's who the book is designed for young children. And I think, um, yeah, definitely. You want to make sure you are targeting them in a way that they can stay engaged. (laughs) Oh yeah. That's it, isn't it? Yeah. So, um, what sort of themes do you like to explore within your books? So some of the topics that I like to explore is um, I try to, I always try to, when I write children's books, I always try to, number one, make sure that it's captivating. So the element of literacy, whether it's captivating language, whether it's uh, colorful illustration, um, some of the concepts, um, as I'm thinking about my latest book, um, is life lessons. So teaching children, you know, not to give up the first time you try to be patient, to persevere through challenges. Um, But then I also try to include, you know, interactive moments where children can move and they can dance. And um, there's like the birds are singing. And so I try to have a mix of you know, um, life lessons, especially in the last book that I wrote, mixed with um, movement. Um, My second book had a lot of onomatopoeia, so lots of like highly expressive words, whoosh and bang and boom. And we were actually, I've created my own song to that one, to my second book. Yeah. (laughs) And so, um, yeah, (laughs) I'm a a musical educator, so everything has a song. (laughs) I sing all the time as a mommy. (laughs) Yeah, 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 absolutely. Oh, I love that. And I noticed in one of the photos that you sent me, that when you're reading the book, it's almost like you're performing the book. You know, you're standing up, you've got your props. You know, it's a it's a whole yes. experience for the kids. Yeah. Oh, yes, yes. I try to captivate and engage children. We get up, we dance, we move. I have my little bird puppet. Yeah. And so um, I think especially with young children, it's super important. Mm-hmm. Mm, absolutely. So I find that, you know, depending on the age or the experience of, of a child in a certain setting, it's really hard for kids to sit down and concentrate for long periods mm-hmm. of time. And mm-hmm. a book like, you know, like what you're talking about is amazing. And you're not only like in Australia, I mean, you probably got, you guys have it there too, but in Australia, we have all these particular things that you have to teach, you know, like curriculum based stuff. So Mm -hmm. you're covering Mm -hmm. your literacy, Mm -hmm. you're covering like your movement expression and, and all that sort of stuff. So it's like really good. (laughs) Yes. Yes. I try. And I think when I'm writing, I try to think about, well, as a teacher and as a parent, what are some concepts that I want to put in there along with the story and so um like the latest one it has math it has 
color recognition. It has, you know, movement, music, all the different things. Anything I can try to encompass the full package (laughs) to make it easier. (laughs) So, yeah. That's brilliant. I love that. I'm going to have to get hold of some of your books. Thank you. (laughs) I love it. It just, yeah, yeah, like you said, it's, it's literally you're getting all of that, all of that education and all of that knowledge and value for children Mm -hmm. into one book. And they hardly even notice you doing it too. Like they just, you know, now it's it's really interesting. You do it in creative ways. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, It's funny on a completely side note, my uh, seven-year-old had to come with me to work the other day. And he was mm-hmm. playing and he said, oh, he said, oh, it's at kindy. It's different to school. You, they don't teach you anything. And I said, oh, yeah. Oh. I said, you don't realize that you're learning though because you're learning through play. That's and right. Learning through, learning through went, play. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Which is so important. So talk, talking about when you became a mum, did you find um, your transition to motherhood, I don't want to say it was simple because I don't think it's ever simple, but um, how did you find like the change in your identity and and how you saw yourself sort of adjusted when you became a mum? What a question. Um, I feel like when I became a mom, a mother, um, I felt like wanted to be present and so that so I went from teaching full-time to my last my last school year Uh, I knew that I always wanted to be home with my kids after um, we had children and so um, I was actually I think I was very excited to be a mom but then um, once motherhood came I realized that it was harder than I thought (laughs) and I found myself kind of hard on myself because being in the early childhood field, you think about all the different things that you know you want to expose your your child to. And so far as my identity, I felt like I just wanted to be a, I just wanted to be this great educator mom. Like I wanted to do all the things. Um, And the idea of, well, after I became a mom, maybe within later within that year, I said, well, I want to share these activities that I'm doing with my baby. I want to share these activities with the world. And shortly after, um, it wasn't the Brown Bear Book Club. It actually started as Our Home, Our Classroom. And I would just share activities, whatever music or art activities we were doing. And eventually, when my son was a young toddler, uh, we were trying to learn the alphabet. And that's when the ABC, my first ABC transportation book, that was my first book. And that was born. But far as my identity overall, I think I was just in a place of, I just want to be this great mom that educates their children and um but I think it it was lots of twists and turns and it was harder than I thought yeah. <laughs> um yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I often joke with people that um child care educators or early childhood educators have 
the worst mm-hmm. behaved children. And I'm not saying I'm not making presumptions of your children <laughs> because it's funny, like, you know how to talk in a particular way to kids and you do it all day long. Yeah. And then you talk to your kids like that mm-hmm. and they, they don't listen to you. <laughs> I don't know if you find that. But I was actually joking with a mum last night on the way after we finished work because I couldn't get my son to open the gate. He was just being so silly. He just wanted to shut the gate in our face. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, okay. like, I don't know. It just reminded yeah. me of that when you were talking about how you want to give your kids so much. And it's like, I don't know, sometimes yes. you feel like, oh, you've got nothing left for them because you, you give it to yeah. other people's children. <laughs> no, that is so true. I mean, and I'm all about apologizing even to children you know even to my children and I I feel like I mess up every day and I'm just like I'm not perfect and I apologize and but you know I think children need to see that because then they Mm -hmm. learn what from us and my son now he's heard me say will you forgive me Sometimes he, when he makes mistakes, he says, mommy, do you forgive me? And I'm like, oh, (laughs) so yeah, yeah, Yeah. it can definitely be difficult at times, but it's so worth it. Such an adventurous journey, motherhood. (laughs) Oh, absolutely. Yes. And all all the twists and turns and. So at the moment, is this something that you're you're spending all your, your like basically a full time sort of days on, or you you're doing some classroom teaching, or how's it sort of look for you? Well, right now, um, so as an author and an educator with the Brown Bear with my business, the Brown Bear Book Club, um, I get up early mornings. So yeah. usually I'm up before uh, I'm up by between four thirty and five a.m. Um, so I start, yeah. (laughs) So I usually start my morning. Um, I start my morning. Usually I have a little bit of a quiet time. And then after I have some quiet time, I will, um, sometimes I'll exercise just kind of depends. And then after that, I'll work for a few hours. And then usually my kids are up somewhere around eight 30, nine o'clock. And then I homeschool. So we start, you know, our activities and then I'll work again in the afternoon for just a couple of hours. So part-time, very flexible. This is kind of how I wanted it to be. Yeah. That's lovely, isn't it? That you've got that and you've got your children with you and you're also sharing, you know, that love that you Mm -hmm. have for the passion. Oh, how awesome. Do you ever like pinch yourself? Like, this is amazing. My life is so good. (laughs) Uh, I don't know if I pinch myself. (laughs) I think I'm always, I think for me, um, one thing I'm learning about motherhood and being an author and an educator is I'm just like children develop in each phase. I feel like I'm also developing as a mom. And so I find myself rearranging my schedule based off of their development. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so um, I think that's what's been um, 
helpful and I'm still learning. I'm learning every day. <laughs> yeah. And that's the thing that children, yeah. they, you know, obviously, you know, they, they change so quickly, you know, they get into a, they do. a phase and then all of a sudden that's gone and something else is happening. So yeah, being able yes. to adjust, it's like a skill really. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, dear. that in addition to you know doing you know your homeschooling with your boys you're obviously using your creativity in that element Mm -hmm. but do you find it it's really important that you have something for yourself you know that's I don't say it's just yours because obviously you're sharing it with others but something that's that is yours you know Yes. Um, I think it's important. Honestly, I think that creativity is part of keeping a healthy mental health as a, as a parent, Mm -hmm. as a mother, especially those who are creatives. Like if you are a creative mom, um, doing something creative is part of your self-care, you know, it's something that fuels you, it refreshes you. And so for me, like when I journal almost every day, so if I'm not writing a children's book, I'm journaling or I'm reading, um, or music, (laughs) uh, singing or something, um, because I feel like um, that's, as a mom that I feel like I thrive off creativity. I used to make jewelry (laughs) too, but I had to make a decision, (laughs) either continue making jewelry or focus on my career as an author. And right now that's kind of where I'm focusing on right now, but yeah, so uh, I think it's it fuels me as a mom, you know, it refreshes me to, be, to have that outlet of, okay, I'm just going to write for a little while. And it's so calming, it's soothing, and I love writing, yeah. And designing yeah. too. Like when I design the journals, yeah. just, yeah, it's just like, woo. <laughs> yeah. So much yes. fun. I could absolutely relate to that. It's like you literally, it feels like you just get this fresh energy and, Whatever, yes. whatever you were doing out there sort of disappears uh-huh. and then you can come yep. back like super refreshed and yes, you can handle anything. Yes. Really, okay. <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah. Oh, I love yes. you talked about one of your boys helped you come up with the title for the book. How do they sort of mm-hmm. feel? I don't want to say how they feel about it, but is it exciting for them? Do you think that they can see that their mum is creating these things, is making <laughs> books, and, you know? Um, so I think they just now realize that I'm an author yeah. um, because prior to like my first two books, I didn't even tell them because I wanted 
I wanted to see if my book was going to actually captivate them. It wasn't going to yeah. be a book that they liked, regardless if they knew that I was the author behind it. Mm-hmm. Um, with this last one, because I'm doing more book tours and reading everywhere, they know like, okay, my oldest particularly, he knows that I'm writing books and I'm an author and um, he oftentimes, I bounce ideas off of him. Yeah. <laughs> and so, yeah. um, but but no, I think right now they're still so young. I don't think that they really totally understand the fullness and and that's fine with me. I'm not a person that wants to be like, hey, I'm I'm an author or, you yeah. know, um, yeah. I'm kind of fine with, you know, being behind the scenes and yeah. <laughs> You can, yeah so yeah yeah uh, I um there, I had a, a lady on an author oh, I think it was last year and um when her son realized that she was writing books he he was like telling everybody oh my mum wrote this book and he'd oh. take it into school and, like <laughs> my mum can come and read her book to you at school We're, like so proud oh. of her <laughs> that's so beautiful I love that so I think it's important oh. for, for children to see their mums do other yes. things apart from, you know, mothering them. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And I, and I, one of the things that I'm hoping to do, especially as my children get older is invite them more into the process of like, especially like when I'm doing the story times, if they <laughs> want to help me, you know, do something, pass out stickers to the kids or, yeah. you know, uh, well, in the stories, they're usually part there they know how the story ends so they're very interactive (laughs) when they come to the story times um but it's uh it's refreshing because it's a career that I feel like um I can do with my kids because it is picture books right now um so yeah Listening to The Art of Being a Mum with my mum, Alison Newman. So one of the things I like to chat to my mums about on the show is this concept of mum guilt or mummy guilt or however you want to term it. Mm -hmm. Uh, Is that something that you've got some thoughts on? Is that something you feel or don't feel or, Mm -hmm. yeah, what do you think about that? I feel, I you I think in the early stages I felt it a little bit more, um, mom guilt, especially if I felt like I didn't get everything done that day, like in the house, like if things were just kind of, you know, I'm gotta go, but the house is a wreck. Yeah, <laughs> Dinner's yeah. not done, but I gotta go to writers group tonight or, um. Or if I feel like I wasn't as engaged with my kids that day, um, mm-hmm. sometimes sometimes that can make me feel like mom guilt. But here lately, especially after having my second child, I realized that when I do step away, like when I go to writer's group or if I have a book interview that my kids can't come to, um, I, I've learned to be okay with it because I'm like, I was with them. We had quality time. Yeah. 
-hmm. I will be back. I'm only gone for an hour. I'm usually most interviews are don't take very long. And so I tell myself my children are safe. They're fine. And I don't feel guilty because I know that, well, I'm not gone every day. It's not like I'm, you know, I purposely chose to be an author so I can control my, you know, my schedule, you know, Mm -hmm. even as an educator, um, I'm not gone all the time. Um, I think that if I had a more demanding career where I'm gone all the time, then I think it would be harder for me to leave. Mm -hmm. But I think because um, right now everything is pretty flexible, um, I don't feel as bad. No, I don't feel bad at all anymore, really, because I feel like I've yeah, I've given, you know, mommy will be back. I, I'll be back in an hour. And I always tell them that I'll be back. Like when I have writer's group, I'll, I'm going to writer's group. I'll be back later. Or yeah. uh, mommy has an interview with someone. I'll be back in there with their dad. My husband is very hands-on and yeah. they love their daddy. And I don't leave them with anybody. So it's usually daddy or their aunts. Mm-hmm. And they usually have a blast with them. And that also helps me feel great knowing that they're in good hands and yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. Yeah. Nah, that's good to hear. I, I think mum guilt's just this thing that, I don't know, it could suck us down if we let it, but you know. Yes, it's, it can, it, yeah. it can, but we have to give ourselves grace. You have mm. to give yourself grace to know that when I, it's kind of like when you go to create something, whether you're an artist and you're painting or writing music, me writing stories or journaling, um, knowing that when I leave and when I come back, I'm going to be refreshed and ready to be better for them. Mm-hmm. So it's not like I'm leaving and then I come back and I'm like, all right, I'm, I'm you know, yeah, but I yeah, think no, it's. Either. I think when you do something that you love, and I even believe when you're doing the thing that God has called you to, when you do it, you come back refreshed and refueled as opposed to, you know, I'm not to say you don't feel tired, but you know what I mean? Like you're in a better mood as opposed to a a bad mood. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. It like, it fills you up and it lights you up. So that, yeah, it lights you up. Yeah. 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 (laughs) No, that's so cool. So you said earlier about that, you know, you're working full time, but you knew that you wanted to be there with your kids, like when you had kids. Mm -hmm. Is that, was that like a role modeling thing that you experienced or have seen other people do or like in your own family when you were growing up that made you sort of want to do that? No, no, quite the opposite. Um, I grew up, uh, my mother was a single mom and so she worked a lot, um, you know, she was working a lot. She was going to school. And so um, she did the best she could with being, being present with my, with me and my brother. So for me, it was the fact that my mom was gone a lot. And I was like, well, I appreciate the fact that I got to learn the importance of hard work and being professional and all the things career-wise. But I knew that when I had children, I wanted to be able to be there 
You know, Mm -hmm. I wanted to be present. And so that was actually an inner desire that I had as a before motherhood. I'm like, I want to be there. I want to. I want to be that mom, you know, that can make the games and be there for t-ball practice. <laughs> and, and so for me, that was my desire because I grew up in the opposite situation. My mom did mm-hmm. work a lot and I didn't um, get a chance. But, but I think even with parents who work a lot, because I'm sure maybe some of the listeners here, I think that, you know, um, there's still grace because I feel like when you are with your kids, it's not always the quantity of time, it's the quality. Mm, So, yeah, mm -hmm. that's it, isn't it? Yeah. And it's hard. Mm -hmm. I think sometimes, you know, your circumstances don't allow you to necessarily do, you know, the things that you really want to do. So, yeah, like you said about your mom, you know, you do the best that you can with what you've got at the time. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I wanted to mm-hmm. ask too, I've noticed here in Australia that homeschooling's becoming a lot more popular. And I don't know if that's because of COVID, like yeah. when we had all the shutdowns and everyone got used <laughs> to having their kids home at school and realised yeah. that it was actually not a big deal. Um, but it's pretty popular over there, isn't it? It's a it's a real thing, isn't it? Um, I definitely think it's a growing um, trend, I guess you can yeah. say. Um I definitely did not know that I was going to be homeschooling. Um, This was kind of something after having our children, um, and this was um, pre-pandemic, it was kind of like we just, the church that we go to, a lot of the women there were already homeschooling, and I just kind of got exposed through the community. And people start telling me about it, and I'm like, Oh, I never thought, you know, I, I always knew that I wanted my children to go to, you know, either a private school or a Christian school, but I didn't know um, that I would be homeschooling. So honestly, it really came through the influence of my community yeah. as I was connecting with other moms and families. And I'm like, okay, yeah. And then also as an educator, and as you know, Allison, um, I don't know what it's like in Australia, but in the in the in Illinois, um, yeah, the education system is you know, it's some school districts are better than others, and so I think that was also a driving force, um, knowing that I'm not satisfied with um, what I'm seeing and in the turn and what's going on in my current. Uh, the education system here, but mm. there are great teachers. I do want to, I know that was a big bomb. I just dropped. <laughs> there are some great teachers. Yeah. There are some wonderful teachers. My friend actually teaches kindergarten and she's amazing and love her. Um, I still teach on Sundays and I tutor in a community, a small group learning community. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I feel like sometimes like the overall system, and I can think of this in a number of things, like over here the healthcare system is a bit screwed and different things. But within that there's always really good people who are just trying their best, you know, under really difficult Mm -hmm. circumstances. So I can understand Mm -hmm. what you're saying about the teachers. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yes. And and seriously, teachers have to be the most underpaid and underappreciated group of people, I feel, Mm -hmm. like for what teachers don't. Seriously, there needs to be more recognition and, yeah. and more monetary recognition for them. Uh, yes, more recognition. 
That is so true. Um, I don't know. In Australia, do you guys have Teacher Appreciation Week? Is that happening this week for um, you guys? No, I don't. I think we only get a day, actually, and I'm not even sure oh, when it is. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That shows that how this much week I'm is Teacher Appreciation Week, yeah. Yeah, Here. right. Yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, but mm-hmm. I was actually thinking when I saw um, when um, when Joe Biden became the president and his wife was a teacher mm-hmm. for many, many mm-hmm. years, I thought, well, this is good, you know, having someone up mm-hmm. there that gets what it's like to be on the ground, in the rooms, you know, yes. dealing with it day to day. Yes. So I don't know if that's been a positive or not, but... Well, (laughs) honestly, um, you know, I, I think it's so many things. I think, you know, it depends on the district that you're in. I think there's a lot of great resources out there, but I think we, we also have a lot of children that are coming in from different backgrounds that some teachers, a lot of teachers are not prepared for. Um, for what what types of stuff you might be dealing with and so I think I mean I don't know if you've heard but in the U.S. teacher shortage in Mm. certain in some states is worse than others people are quitting the field um overworked overwhelmed and underpaid (laughs) yeah yep yep yeah it's it's a thing here uh, particularly here in um the early childhood that's the biggest thing we can't get childcare workers that is the biggest thing at the moment yeah um, and it's just the same thing. They're yeah. just totally overworked, unrealistic mm-hmm. hours and expectations. And the the pay is just not um, reflective of the amount of effort that you're putting in. And you're literally raising people's children. You know, you're educating exactly. the next um, generation. generation. And I just feel like it's Absolutely. so undervalued. I don't know. Yes. I could start ranting. but <laughs> Yes. No, I agree with you. It is undervalued. Um, I think the teacher's pay should be up there with doctors and physicians pays if if not higher because you are educating the next doctors the next lawyers the next Mm. judges the next teachers the next musicians and artists you are putting into all of that and it's definitely undervalued um but I think parents during the pandemic, I think a lot of parents appreciate teachers a lot more yes. than what they did. Yeah, yeah. when they can see yeah. what what they do. Yeah. Well, I mean, not yeah. what they do, like a, a tiny, tiny snapshot of what they do. Um, yeah. Yeah, I actually had this conversation with a fellow um, educator a couple of years ago when all this pandemic stuff was happening and we had over here, I'm not you guys probably had something similar where there were particular like um, workers who were considered essential. So you could still go out and work, mm-hmm. but then there was others mm-hmm. that had to quarantine. And um, mm-hmm. of course, you know, teachers, educators, we're, we're essential. So we were out there um, looking after, this was when I was in childcare. Um, and I said to, I said to this ed- fellow educator, like, we should be the highest paid people in the, on the globe right now, yeah. because if, if, yes. if these people don't have anyone to look after their children, they can't go out mm-hmm. and, you know, be a doctor, mm-hmm. be a lawyer, be a policeman, you know, politicians running the country. Who's looking after the children, you know? Mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, And just blew my mind to think, like, we are so essential. If you didn't have us, what mm-hmm. would happen, you know? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> oh. Exactly. P- parents would have to switch careers. People would have to take their children to work. I mean, yeah. there would be, without teachers, yeah, it it would not be good for a lot of families. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And you, you imagine the amount of people that 
probably the mums that wouldn't be able to, you know, pursue their dreams and, and their careers and, and, and also within that adding, mm-hmm. you know, contributing to society and it would become, it would take a step backwards. Like it, it would be like yes. tremendously damaging. So there, if anyone's listening oh, yes. that can make any changes. <laughs> yes, that's right. That's so right. That is oh, so right. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it, but it, yes. within, you know, I'm saying all this stuff, but it is such a, it's an incredibly rewarding field. It is, it is the best. It really is. Best thing I've ever done. You know, it took me till I was nearly 40 Absolutely. before I discovered this, or not 40, I would have been 35 maybe, discovered this whole uh-huh. new, this whole new field. Of, Journey. Oh, it was amazing. Yeah. I'm like, wh- uh, why didn't I discover this when I was, you know, out of school? Yes. But I think I had to go through so many things and experience all these uh-huh. other things to get me to yep. the point where I had wanted to be. <laughs> yeah. Oh, fun. No, it's, it's good. That's so amazing. Yeah. <laughs> and it's oh, not dear. surprising because some of the best teachers are artists. Yeah, some of the right. best teachers are creatives, people who are creative. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, it's, it's especially awesome. for the early childhood years. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's just so fun. I mean, there's it's a lot of work. Don't get me wrong, but it, it I yeah. just, it's so fun. Like I'm, I I yeah. work Wednesday, Thursday, Fridays, and I find myself on Mondays and Tuesdays thinking, I think about the kids. What are they up to today? And what what are they going to tell me yeah. about when I see them? You know, you, you get really you make these beautiful connections and build these relationships mm-hmm. with the kids and. It's like, oh, I wonder what they're doing. Yeah. Sound like a stalker. Coming up in the future, tell me, have you got any more books in you in the works? Sort of around <laughs> up there. I have so right, yeah. Right now, I'm in a stage. So right now, I'm still marketing my latest book, "The Little Bird Who Wanted to Fly," yep. but I am um, drafting up a few ideas. And so I'm in the drafting brainstorming stage of it. I have a couple of stories, a few ideas that are in the brainstorming phase. I, one thing I try not to do is rush the creative process. Uh, I try to, I have, I have quite a few stories that I've just written and said, I don't know. And I may, I mean, even my last, this book that's out right now, I wrote it over a year ago and I didn't touch it for a while. And it was actually a fellow educator, one of my friends. And she's like, children need this book. You need to pick that back up. (laughs) And, um, but sometimes I just write and I'll put it aside and I do pray about it. And I talk to friends and I talk to my children and I'm like, what do you think about this idea? Um, And so I don't rush it, but yes, there will be more more books. I do have a blog on my website that I've been writing more on, and I do have a YouTube channel. So I try to stay engaged with the early childhood community, especially parents and educators. So I try to keep those, keep it going all year round. And yeah, there'll be more books and journals as well. So awesome. So what is the best way for people to find you? What's your website? 
So the best way is www.brownbearbookclub.com. Um, and I always encourage parents and educators to join the club. It's totally free. Yeah. Um, and when you join the club, that just keeps you in the loop of I send out early childhood activities, um, book ideas, um, encouragement, um, freebies and giveaways. And so, and then any book updates. So as I began to work on the next book or as I'm still putting up book marketing wise, I, I include people a part of that journey as well, but yeah. then I also want to give back. So I try to, you know, whatever, like right now it's May. So I just talked about teachers appreciation freebies and, Mother's Day, different things like that. And so, yeah, that's how people, and then the Brown Bear Book Club, um, pretty much on any social media, YouTube, uh, Facebook, Instagram, uh, Twitter, all of that, you could, the Brown Bear Book Club, and you can find me there too. Awesome. I'll put all the links in the show notes for people to click away and check out what you're up to. Thank you so much for coming on today, Brianna. It has been so lovely to chat with you. Really enjoyed it. Yes. It's been really nice. Oh, thank you, Allison. I'm so I'm so glad to meet you as well. This has really been awesome. Thank you. Thanks for your company today. If you've enjoyed this episode, I'd love you to consider leaving us a review, following, or subscribing to the podcast, or even sharing it with a friend you think might be interested. The music you heard featured on today's episode was from Alemjo, which is my new age ambient music trio comprised of myself, my sister Emma Anderson and her husband John. If you'd like to hear more, you can find a link to us in the show notes. If you or someone you know would like to be a guest on the podcast, please get in touch with us by the link in the show notes. I'll catch you again next week for another chat with an artistic mum.